Well, good morning again. My second time already to be up today. It's good to to see all of you. If you came in a little bit late or maybe you're just joining us through the live stream, it's graduation Sunday here at the Heights. If if you're on live stream and I keep looking this way, it's because all of our graduates are sitting over here and I, I am going to speak to them a few times today. Boy, I tell you, graduation is a, is an exciting time in life, isn't it? It's one of those really kind of unique and special times where no matter what's really going on around you, you have that moment standing there at that intersection where you you look back and you've just kind of come through this major accomplishment, this big milestone in life. And as you look forward, you've just got nothing but blue skies, right? It's just kind of a new chapter in in a new world out there. And it just, it all seems so good. Until you get into that new chapter and discover there's a lot of questions in this new chapter, right? Isn't that kind of what starts to happen after graduation? And I don't, I don't think I'm telling them something they don't already know. They're already dealing with questions. As a matter of fact, talking with some of them, talking with my own kids, I know they're stressed about some of those questions. Do I go to school? Do I go to work? Which job? Which major? Which roommate? And, and just about all the, about the time you start to get some of those questions settled and, and feel like you're kind of back on top of things again, what happens? A whole flood of new questions, bigger questions come. How am I going to pay this debt? Do I change jobs? Do I move to another state? Do I go on with education? It just, it seems like as we get months and years past the graduation, the questions come faster and faster. They get bigger and bigger. And do you notice the stakes get higher and higher? I I mean, as you start moving off past this place in life, the questions you're answering have really high stakes. I mean, it's, you really want to get it right. Some of these questions seem to have such a big impact on the rest of our lives. And that that doesn't slow down at all. And it ends up leading to a a, a lot of worry. It leads to a lot of stress. Hey, I want to say something to y'all. I want to say something to all of us. Worry is not God's plan for your life. If you're living in a place of worry and stress right now, if that's become a character quality for you, you are in a place that God has not put you. He does not want that for us. You know, I, I think we forget worry is actually a sin because it's become so acceptable. I mean, we even joke about it, don't we? Except that it's not acceptable and it's, and it's not funny. Worry has a profoundly horrible impact on our lives. And that's why God says over and over all through His Word, as you and I move past graduation and into school and jobs and all the decisions, Jesus says in in Matthew chapter 6, He says, Therefore, do not be anxious about your life. Do not be anxious about tomorrow. And in case your life doesn't cover it, in case tomorrow doesn't cover it, then Philippians 4, 6 comes along and says, if, if, if I haven't touched yet, anything, anything, don't be anxious about anything. Do you realize there's nothing happening in your life right now that you can say, yeah, but God, yeah, but this situation is surely different. No, there's no place, there's no situation, there's nothing going on where anxiety and stress and fear and worry is okay. 
And, and here's why. I think Psalm 34 really lets us in on this. It says, fret not yourselves, worry not, stress out not. Why? Because it tends to evil. It's not saying that if you're worrying, you're evil. It's not saying if you're worrying, you're going to do evil. It's saying, watch out. When that's where you're living, you are greatly increasing the odds that evil happens. I know evil is a strong word, almost kind of a harsh word, and we, we probably put very little of what we've ever done in the category of evil. But folks, when I'm living in a place that fights what God's want for me, works against what God wants for me, when I'm living in a place that says there is no God, and if there is, He clearly doesn't care about me, He clearly has no answers for me, well, that's, that's evil, Because see, not only am I saying that, but I'm spreading that witness around everybody watching me. Listen, when we are fretting, it tends to hurt our relationships. It tends to hurt our decision-making capability. It tends to hurt our perspective on life. And that's why God says over and over and over, don't worry, don't stress. Now, to which I want to respond, well, God, that's easy for you to say. I mean, you know, I suppose if I had all the power in the world, all the wisdom in the world, all the resources in the world, and I knew the future, I guess I wouldn't be worried either, Lord. I mean, isn't it really, is it not? Don't you want to sometimes down deep inside want to say to God, that's easy for you to say? I mean, I mean, this to me, don't worry. Are you kidding me, Lord? Have you looked out there? To which God would respond to you and me and say, I've got a promise for that. I've got a promise for where you are that will keep you from ever being right here. We're continuing today our series on promises. I have four messages in now to what's going to be nine. So this is where we are a a good bit of this summer, looking at these promises of God. And and yes, I picked a promise I thought would be appropriate for our graduates. I mean, this to me, one verse... One idea, one word of advice. If I, if I was to pick one, I think today's where I, where I would go. I, I, I think the verse, the idea, the promise is what I would want, what I would pray for these graduates more than anything else. And of course, this verse is not just for graduates, it's for you. It's for wherever you are, whatever you're dealing with, whatever problem, whatever crisis, whatever opportunity, whatever decision is out there, this verse is God's promise for you. What is that verse? I think it's pretty well known. Maybe one that that, that a lot of you already even have memorized. And if you don't have it memorized, it memorize it. Start this week. It's a short one. It's easy. Proverbs 3, 5 and 6. It says, trust in the Lord with what? All. Oh, you say, you know, I tried that. You know, we may have tried trusting. I don't think what we always try is all. So see, right away, I don't even have to start reading the rest of the promise. And this is where kind of we run into a dead end. This is kind of where we have a, a head-on collision. I kind of trusted. I kind of said a prayer. I kind of, but not, not all. Trust the Lord with all your heart, with everything you are, with everything you have, all your hope is looking toward the Lord. Don't lean on your own understanding. Don't, don't lean on your own way of working through things, your own way of seeing things, but in all. I wish you'd quit saying all, don't you? God, could I give you like 30 cents worth? <laughs> no, in all your ways, acknowledge Him. And then comes the promise. He will make your path 
straight. God says, don't worry, trust. Don't stress, trust the Lord. And then we've got a great promise that we can bring into our lives that He's going to make the path for us. Now, for God to make that path, we see four verbs in this verse. That reason I say four verbs, that's kind of how we're going to walk through this verse. That's kind of how we're going to break it down. We're going to look at what these verbs say to us, what they have for us, what they're calling us to do. Three of the verbs, trust, lean, acknowledge, are imperatives. These are verbs telling you and me what we need to do if we're going to grab a hold of that fourth verb of God making straight our path. Three verbs are commands on us. There's really one key verb, isn't there? Isn't it trust? Yeah, it's trust. trust. I mean, if you were to take this whole verse and boil it down to one word, it'd be trust. Maybe three words. Trust the Lord. And the next two verbs are really kind of expanding what it means to trust. One a negative, one a positive. This is what trust doesn't do. This is what trust does. So that we can put ourselves in a place of God making straight that path in our lives. So let's kind of walk through these verbs real quickly here this morning and, and see what God has for us. The first verb, of course, is trust. I don't imagine I have to really explain that word. Y'all know that word, right? We, we've trusted. We've been trusted. We've had trust work. We've had trust broken. We, 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 we experience and we deal with trust all the time. But I love the word here in the Hebrew language. It, that word trust comes out of of a word, and it really, to me, it presents a picture of what trust is like, what, what it's about. The, the word for trust in the Hebrew language comes out of a word that literally means to, to fall prostrate on the ground before somebody, to, to throw yourself at somebody's feet, to be laying there before them. Now, if you think of that picture of, of somebody laying out before somebody, there, there, there's two words that come to my mind there. One is humility. That's a humbling position, isn't it? And that's just a position that, that seems to say, you're more than me, you have more than me, I'm, I'm dependent upon you. It's, it's, it's just a humbling position. It's also, second word, it's a vulnerable position, isn't it? I mean, you can't, you can't defend yourself when you're laying on your face. You, you, can't, you can't see what's coming, you, you can't move, you can't get away. I mean, and do you see what trust is? See, when I'm, when I'm laying there on my face, I kind of got to trust they're not going to step on my throat. I got to trust that they're not going to take advantage of me. Do you see how that word kind of presents a picture of what trust is? And, and so, so trust has humility involved in it. I'm, I'm dependent. I, I need. And it has vulnerability. I've got to trust that it's safe here. You know, I, I encourage you to try something sometime this week. Nobody's looking. Nobody's at home. You're by yourself. Just lay down on your face and say, God, I, I fall before you. And see if you can bring yourself to the place where you say, God, it's safe here. God, it's safe here. Laying where I, where I am humbled, where I am vulnerable, it's safe here. I pray that's what you'll find. Now, you know, you, you think about it, in our culture, there's not a whole lot of throwing ourselves down before somebody. There are, there are cultures where that goes on. 
You know, where maybe sometimes you have kings or you have masters and you got to plead, you got to beg. See, there's that humility. I mean, usually what are we doing in that position? We're kind of pleading and, and, and begging. There's not a whole lot that would lead us in our culture to literally throw ourselves down before someone. As a matter of fact, the idea is kind of, it's not entirely appeasing, is it? I mean, I'm not throw myself down before something. I've never done that. Don't know that I want to do that. And yet we do all the time. We do every single day. Maybe not physically, like I'm really laying on my face, but I think it does happen. I think we throw ourselves down before money all the time. We're humble and vulnerable before money. We're dependent upon that money. And God warns about what happens when money becomes our hope, when money is what we're throwing ourselves down before. We throw ourselves down before people. All these verses here are, are places where God warns, says, hey, that's, that's not going to work. Don't, don't depend on, don't make that, don't make them your great hope. We throw ourselves down before government. And God tells us to honor government, respect government, obey government. But don't make it your great hope. Don't, don't make that the hope in your life, what you're dependent on. Now listen, none of these things are bad. God is saying don't trust these things because these are bad things. No, these, these can be very good things. They can be things God uses in our lives. The, the, the difference here is what is the attention? What, what is the focus of my hope? I want to make the focus of my hope God and then let God use money, use people, use government, use the other things I tend to put hope in. Let Him use them in the way they need to be used in my life, in your life, right? Our hope, our focus, trust the Lord with all. Not mostly God, but a little bit money. I mean, money, that's, that's for real, right? Not, not mostly God, but a little bit people. I mean, come on, you've got to have connections to move in life, right? You, you, you know, you're dependent upon that phone call, that person making that, that call for you. I mean, that's just natural. No, my hope, our hope is in God. And then we trust Him for all these things we tend to throw ourselves down before. Now this isn't an exhaustive list. This isn't all the things that we throw ourselves down before. This is just kind of get us started thinking about the things we tend to hope in and trust in. But the passage does point out one thing and I think it's probably the number one thing. It's something that every single one of us does perhaps every single day. We throw ourselves down before ourselves. I mean, what voice do you trust more than your own? What thoughts and feelings and ideas do you depend upon and trust in more than your own? Man, if there's a place that you and I go to before God, a hundred percent of the... Now, it might be a wide list of things, but a hundred percent of the time, we tend to go to ourself. Now, that in and of itself is a problem, but where the problem gets more difficult, folks, is our voice is not made up of just purely my voice. My voice, my thoughts, my ideas are, are, are built by Snapchat and Facebook and the news and, and, and the songs I like and the movies I watch and all of the opinions of, of friends and co-workers and things going on around me. That, that's always been the case. That's always been true. But, but folks, you and I live in a world today. We live in a culture today that, that and I want to say more than ever before, but, but this has always been true. 
I think in our particular culture, we're seeing it as much as ever before. We live in a culture that wants to raise the value of any and every voice in your life but God's. Does that make sense? You understand what I'm saying in that? Every voice has authority. Every voice has truth. Every voice you should respond to except, except God's. So see, that's why it's so important. I really need to be in tune with all the voices I'm allowing in my life. And, and, and these graduates know it won't start to happen. It's already been happening. They're being bombarded with all the voices they should be listening to and responding to other than God's. And that's not going to slow down. That's just going to pick up speed. And so I've got, I've got to ask myself, hey, what am I leaning on? What, what voice am I turning to? Am I, am I listening to my voice? Am I listening to God's voice? And the, the difficulty here when it says do not lean on your own understanding, that's so, that's so difficult to obey because it's so easy to do, right? I mean, folks, there's never a point in the day where I stop and say, okay, I'm going I'm to really focus on just trusting what I think on this. No, I, I don't have to tell myself to do it. It's automatic. Day in, day out, every single question, every single issue, every single conversation, immediately my mind goes to my thoughts, my ideas, my feelings, my response on this. Leaning on my own understanding is the most natural thing I do. The problem is, I don't know the future. God does. I'm not always right. And all those voices in my life are not always right. God is. As a matter of fact, I even lie to myself. I deceive myself. The voices deceive me and lie to me. God never, not once, will ever deceive or lie to you. You You know, we deceive ourselves and we know we're doing it. We know we're doing it. You ever had, and the question is yes, I would imagine many of us in here, we have had our eye on somebody. Somebody we really, really liked. And people we loved, people we trusted, people who knew us would say, hey, you really don't need to be around them. Hey, I don't see this working out well for you. And we don't want to hear it, right? All we want is that person. And, and we will ignore good voices, voices that, that we have trusted, and we'll ignore them because we want what's right in front of us. I remember the, the first time, well, I remember like it was yesterday. I, I remember the first time I knowingly deceived myself. I knew I was doing it. I was happy I was doing it and just pressed on. I was about 15, about to become 16, and uh, it was time to get a car. And I'd been saving money for the car. My dad and I had this deal worked out. And, and, and so it, it, it was time to go get a car. And, and my dad had found one, a dealership, a deal, and a, a friend he knew. I don't remember how we got. But we ended up at this dealership looking at the greatest car ever created for mankind, a 1980 Berlinetta Camaro. 305. It was awesome. It was the most incredible car I've ever seen. And when I saw it, that, that's what I wanted. And then my dad. My dad starts to ask all these, you know, we got to ask all these questions. I don't want to ask questions and I don't want any answers. Where do we sign? You know, he, well, are you sure you want that color? Are you sure you, about this part? And, and then he wants to ask the salesman question. And I'm saying, no, don't stop asking questions. You know, folks, I, I mean, I remember like I was just saying, I don't want the information. I don't want anything that will make me not want what's right in front of me. That is super real. Do you all know what I'm talking about? 
I don't want any information that will not make me want this. I want this. We do that to ourselves all the time. I bought the car, by the way. (laughs) Awesome. So anyway, sometimes it works, sometimes not so much. Isn't that amazing, though? You know what? God doesn't do that to you. He doesn't hide information from you. He doesn't, doesn't hide from you the ability to make the best decision, the right decision, the, the longest lasting. God doesn't, but we'll do it to ourselves. We will knowingly do it to ourselves. Listen, any voice that's building up our own voice, all the voices out there in my own, has a significant failure rate. God's voice doesn't. I mean, there, there's a reason. Listen, when, when God says, do not lean, uh, acknowledge, trust, this isn't God setting up a little obstacle course. This isn't God saying, if you can jump through the hoops and ring the bell, I'll give you a prize. I'll tell you the answer. But until you ring the bell, I'm not giving you an answer. No, folks, God's not playing a game with you. He wants you to know the answer. He's promised it. I want to show you the way. He's promised it. You know what these conditions are about? They're about clearing the things out of our lives that lead us to fight God's answer. That lead us to miss God's answer. This isn't God holding back a promise until you and I ring the bell. This is God saying, listen, if you're doing these things, you'll reject, you'll ignore, you'll completely miss the answer that I have for you in this. So he said, trust And trust means not going to yourself. God's not saying you're bad. God's not saying your thoughts and feelings are bad. He's saying don't make that your go-to. He's not saying people, money, government, anything. Not not saying those are bad. He's saying don't make that your go-to. And God gives us a replacement. Instead of throwing myself down before myself, instead of throwing myself down before a whole list of other things, no, I throw myself down before God's ideas, God's thoughts, and God's opinions. We acknowledge God. What's it mean to acknowledge? It's a simple word. Somebody walks through the door right now, and I wave at them, I just acknowledged them, right? I, I acknowledged they exist. I acknowledge that they're here. And that's what we need to do in our lives. Hey, God, I need to acknowledge that you have an answer to this question. You, you actually have a way as I, as I try to pick a major, as I decide whether to move, as I decide whether to take this job. You have a thought on this. You have an idea here. You have a way. I acknowledge that. You know, in some ways that can be done as simple as a one, two, maybe three sentence prayer. God, I acknowledge you, I acknowledge that I'm yours, I acknowledge this day is yours, I acknowledge this decision, this crisis, this problem, this question. I acknowledge you have an answer. And I want to know that answer. I want to know that way. It can be as simple as a prayer. But I think for that prayer to really come to life, I think for us to see God answering that prayer, boy, folks, we've got to tune in to God's voice. We've got to tune in to God's voice. And we do that with God's word. We do that with the Bible. We can do that every single day. We just give our, we just tune in every day, 10, 15 minutes to to what God sounds like, to what God looks like, to what God is doing. Or maybe sometimes we're actually tuning in because we've got a specific issue. You know, we're going, we're opening up the Bible and we're looking for, hey, what does God say about this? 
How would God have me handle this situation? How would he have me respond in this? And, and so whether it's just in general or whether it's specific, we read God's word every day so we know what he sounds like. So, so would he know what it looks like, what he looks like when he's moving and working? Because that's what the Bible gives us. You know, a lot of times, folks, uh, I, I think we, we say prayers, we say we're trusting the Lord, but we don't really know what he sounds like. We don't really know what he looks like. And literally, he could be juggling right in front of us and we would miss it. You, you know, I, 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 I used to say a lot, you, you know what, you need, you need to read God's word. You need to read it three, four times a week. And I would say three, four times a week because really, honestly, prayer, scripture, it's kind of a big discipline. It's a difficult discipline for a lot of us to say, do it every single day seems a little bit overwhelming. And so, you know, if you say, hey, climb the whole mountain, the whole mountain looks too big. I can't do it. And so don't we just try to break goals down to a little bit more bite size? Hey, if you can do this a couple times a week. Honestly, folks, I don't think a couple of times a week works at all. I really, I mean, I mean, most of us would just be hitting it out of the park if we were able to read the Bible 10, 15 minutes a day, seven days a week. And as good as that is, do you realize we get up from that moment and we head into a world where every single second they're speaking to us the world's values, the world's ideas, the world's thoughts. I mean, we are dialed in to everything that the world has to say. We are totally in tune with what they believe about this issue, this issue, this issue, how we should act, what should be important. To, I mean, we're completely in tune with that. It's what God says that we're going, I don't know. Does God ever even address that? If we're doing seven days a week, ten minutes a day, that's not even close to being enough. But that discipline is exactly what we need. I, I, I need a moment each day where I try to tune in and hear God's voice. Tune in and hear what He is saying. And, and, and folks, when this becomes the discipline of my life, prayer and, and being in God's Word, trusting in Him, because that, that's what feeds trust, prayer and God's Word, then God promises He'll make the path straight. Do you realize that what God is promising there is much, much more than usually what you and I ask? Don't we usually just ask for an answer? God, would you give me an answer? God, would you show the direction? We're looking up in the sky to see an arrow. You know, I mean, really what we're asking for is we're, we're, we're expecting God to say, okay, go through these doors and turn right. Oh, thank you, God. I didn't know whether to turn right or left, and you just told me to turn right. Folks, God's offering much more than say, go to the doors and turn right. What God wants to do is walk with you to the doors. What God wants to do is clear out any obstacles as you make your way to those doors and to turn right. What God wants to do is if there's any people in the way to give you favor as you move and work through that. God wants to make straight. God wants to make the path for you. Because see then what happens not only do we get through a crisis, through a problem, not only do we answer a question, but even more important than that, I have God in the midst of all that. I have something much better than the answer. I, I have God and I've walked with God through that. That's what God wants for you and me. And if we're not trusting, if we're turning to our own voice first, if we're not acknowledging that he's there, that he has an answer, then we're going to completely miss that. 
As a matter of fact, here, here's kind of the reality of this. There's, there's I, I don't know how many of us, what percentage of us would, this would be, but there's a lot of us in here that we've been believers for a long time. And we have prayed. We have trusted God. We've said, God, you know, what do I do here and how do I respond to this? And, and we've wanted God's answer and we've wanted to walk in God's answer. And if we're being honest with ourselves, we didn't ever sense that we got an answer. Or maybe we thought we got an answer and we thought it was from the Lord and we, and we did that and it kind of blew up in our face. What happened? Did, did, did God not fulfill the promise? You know, this is hard to say, but, but here's the reality. You're probably not completely surprised that I would say this. The problem's not God. The problem's you. The problem's not God. The problem is, is me. Folks, you and I will make a hundred decisions in the course of the week and not turn to the Lord for a single one of them. And then all of a sudden, something happens. Number 99 in my list of hundred issues. And Ah, Lord, what do I do here? Help me here. Oh, okay, do this. We're, We're not dialed into God. The whole pattern of our life is to not acknowledge Him and to lean on ourselves. And you realize you and I can come to church every single day and live that way. Oh, I believe in Jesus. I believe he died on for me on the cross. I'm going to go to church Sunday and sing songs about it. And, 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 I, and I love the Lord. And then head off into a week and nowhere acknowledge him. Until some big disaster happens. And it's not that God is saying, well, if you'd have listened to me the other 99 times, I would have helped you here. No, he's not saying that. The problem is I have no eye for God's movement. I have no ear for his voice. And yes, while there are places we are going to specifically look, I think for Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 to work, this is not an an event. This is not an activity I do in a specific moment. It's a way of living life. It's a way of living every single day. I I think to take Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, we need to, to put it to work. We need to do five things every day, all day. Five things. You ready? You ready for this? Okay, we need to stop, pray, read, listen, and watch. We need to stop, pray, read, listen, and watch. We need to pray, read, listen, and watch. We need to stop. We need to pray. We need to read. We need to listen, and we need to watch. Now, why do I say stop? I actually think stop here is profoundly significant to Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. The reason we need to stop, folks, is because everything in us is moving against what God is trying to give us. Every thought, every emotion, everything you're processing is moving against you doing Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. So I have to literally tell myself, I've got to, I got to stop. When you're breaking a default mode, when you're breaking muscle memory, when you're breaking what you do automatically, you've got to tell yourself, stop. I think it's the first thing you should do every day. You get out of bed, you hadn't even been moving, and you need to tell yourself, stop. Stop. Now, pray. God, this is your day. I'm yours. Lord, I know two or three issues, decisions, people I need to deal with today. I want your way on that. Lord, there might be some issues, some decisions, some crises I don't even know are coming in my day, but I know you have an answer. I know you already know what's going to be there, and I know you have a way. I want to know that. And then I open his word, right? 
open his word. Maybe I'm going to read about something that I'll need for that day. Maybe I won't. But every time I open his word, what am I doing? I'm familiarizing myself with his voice. I'm familiarizing myself with what he sounds like, what he looks like, how he acts, what he does. So that now I can watch and listen. Folks, this, I'm not, this is hard. This is hard. You, you, you can come to church most Sundays. You can read your Bible periodically and not have a clue when God is speaking to you. God is moving and working right in front of you. You can completely miss it. Because it's not the discipline. It's not the flow of our lives. We're totally dialed in to what all the voices around us are saying. That's why I really, I just, I just believe it's an every single day activity. And it's all through the day. Now, when I make it an everyday activity, then I move into the day, I'm already kind of dialed in. I'm already kind of tuned in. So I think I'm now mostly ready for anything that comes. But every now and then something really big comes and you didn't pray about it. You don't even know a passage on it. You, you don't even know where to turn. And, and boy, there it is. And it has this feeling. Have you ever had that feeling you've got 30 seconds to make a decision? What? You, you know what I'm talking about? You just have those moments where all of a sudden it feels like right now you have to respond. Right now you have to make a decision. Right now. And that's an incredible pressure. Can I say something? No, you don't. No, you do not have to do it right now. Now, <laughs> you might have to do it in 60 seconds. But you take those 60 seconds. You tell that person, hey, can I, can I put you on hold just for a minute here? Hey, can I step out of, I, I know I need to respond. I know I need to, can I step out of the room just for a moment? You might have 60 seconds. You might have five minutes. But let me tell you something. In those 60 seconds, you stop. You pray, you read, you listen, and you watch. You stop. I, I don't have to respond this second. And then I pray, God, this, I didn't anticipate this coming. This seems really big. It, it seems like a great opportunity. Lord, it seems really scary. Lord, help me hear your voice on this. And then you read. I can't read. Right? I don't even have my Bible with me. Oh, you got a Bible app, I bet, on your phone. Or here's an idea. Just recite some memory verses that you know. I don't know any memory verses. We'll learn some. <laughs> Just start reciting God's word. You say, well, I, I, what, the, 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 I've got three memory verses and they don't have anything to do with the decision I need to make or, or the response I need to. That's okay. Just let God speak. Tune your ear into his voice. Listen, folks, I... I I am not trying to turn the Bible into like a good luck charm. And if you rub it just right, out pops the answer. I, I think you know that's not why. We're talking about a daily discipline. But listen, if something big, good, bad is happening and I've got to respond immediately, I want to hear right away something that sounds like God's voice. And so if I do nothing else, I might just say... Trust in the Lord with all my heart. Lean not on your own understanding. Acknowledge God. God, you, you have a way. Your word tells me you have a way here. And I just tune into his voice. And I say, God, help me see and help me listen. I don't know what you're going to say. I don't know what you're going to show me. But help me see and help me listen. And folks, I believe God answers that prayer because God wants you to have the answer. The answer is not a game. The answer is not a reward if you do everything just right. The answer is what God wants for you. Everything in this verse is about clearing out all the stuff 
that makes me miss his voice and what he's doing in front of me all the time. Stop. Pray, read, listen, and watch. And God will walk with you down every single decision, every single crisis, every single opportunity, and make whatever way there your way. He'll make the way for you. Stop, pray, read, and listen and watch. I think you get better at it as you go. I think you get better and better. But that means I need to start, right? That means I need to start, right? <laughs> okay, all right. Let's, let's, let's go to the Lord in prayer and wrap this up. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for the opportunity to be in your house. Thank you for our, our graduates, what you've done in their lives, what you are doing in their lives. Gosh, Lord, I think about all the decisions they're making right now, the, the decisions they have made and are about to step into. God, you know where every bit of that answer goes. You know every bit of the path down in front of them and you want it to be a good path. You want to make the way for them. Lord, you want to do that for all of us. God, would you guide each of us starting this week to make the daily habit, the daily pattern of our lives to stop, to pray, to read, to listen and watch. God, give us eyes and give us ears to what you're saying and to what you're doing. So, God, we can enjoy all that you have for us in this path. You are so good. Oh, Lord, I, I, I want that for each of these graduates more than anything else. I want that for everybody in this room. God, I want to do this. I want to do this because my kids are watching. I want to do this because I have a grandson who's watching. I want to I do this because there's friends around me watching. Oh God, if I'm a voice in anyone's life, I want it to be a voice that says to acknowledge you and the path you have. It's in Jesus' name we pray, amen.